I wish it didn't, but sometimes this podcast ends up taking a backseat to the rest of my life. I recorded this interview back in November, and everything kept getting in the way of me sitting down and editing and releasing this episode for you. All in all, it may be for the best, since we might be seeing winter fading away, which means when you go to visit this brewery, you can enjoy all the great amenities this place has to offer. I'm Andy Erickson, and on this episode of the Thirsty to Explore podcast, I'm chatting with Josh Maxson from Confluence Brewing in Des Moines, Iowa, about their rotating beer selection, what it means to be a brewery in Iowa, and what one could do while visiting the state capitol. I'm speaking with Josh Maxson from Confluence Brewing. Uh, can you tell me what you do for the brewery? Yeah, I'm the production manager here. So uh, I run the production team, uh, help design recipes and work on making sure that we hit all our release schedules, that all the beer tastes good, uh, just kind of running the general process of having a team make beer. Uh, and can you give me a little history of the brewery itself? Yeah, Confluence is uh, 11 years old now. I was about to say 10, but it's been a whole year since that. So 11 years old, uh, started out, uh, John Martin is the owner and founder. Uh, and uh, he is, unlike a lot of breweries that spring up, uh, he is uh, passionate about beer first, a uh, home brewer, and wanted to open a brewery specifically for the purposes of making beer. Um, uh, so that's that's been kind of nice. But uh, he... he he came from a uh, construction background uh, and then uh, opened the brewery just uh, like himself and like two or three other people to run the tap room, assist with the brewing, um, equipment setup, all that kind of stuff, um, and self-distribution. Uh, went that way for a year or two, uh, got too busy for that, so he's added people over time. Uh, I joined eight years ago now, um, so in the fourth year, brewery's fourth year. Um, and uh, we just kind of have seen steady growth. We're a self entirely self-distributing brewery. Uh, so we don't go through any of the major distribution networks. Uh, we have a whole team dedicated to sales and distribution, um, five delivery drivers, a fleet of vehicles. And on top of uh, distributing our own beer, we um, distribute for several other uh, craft breweries in Iowa and now uh, Weldworks here in Iowa as well. Um, so, uh, that's kind of a cool, unique aspect to our business. Um, the other thing that's, we've grown into over the years, probably starting somewhere around year seven, um, is that we release one new beer for the year, uh, at least one new beer every single week on Fridays. Um, we release a hundred, somewhere between 105 and 115 unique brands of beer, um, over the course of a year. Now, a lot of that stuff that we brought back from the year previous, but uh, every single week that you come into our tap room and sit down, there's at least one, usually two or more options that weren't there the week before on tap. So so what was this week's? Uh, like this last Friday, so our release day is Friday. So last Friday we released Sawyer Serenade and Ghostly Presence. Uh, they are actually small batch beers. Um, their uh, Sora Serenade is tequila barrel-aged uh, blue corn lager with guava and agave nectar. And then uh, Ghostly Presence is that same base beer, but aged in mezcal barrels instead of tequila with just agave nectar, no guava. And then when we take it out, we add um, 
habaneros, chipotles, and ghost peppers. Nice. Um, and what's the story behind the name Confluence? Uh, so uh, Des Moines uh, is situated on two rivers, uh, the Raccoon River and the Des Moines River, uh, and was a, an avenue of trade in the early days. And Confluence happens to be very close to the confluence of those two rivers. Uh, nice. So because we're close by, uh, that's kind of where we picked up the name, but we also just like the idea of bringing good things together. Sure. Um, so uh, kind of speaking of, on your guys' website, uh, it says, and I'm quoting you guys here, so uh, so if you savor beer as both a bold taste adventure in the present and a connection with generations past, Confluence Brewery is founded for you. So what does that statement mean to you guys? Yeah, so uh, we're neither we're neither like a strict traditionalist brewery in the sense of um, somebody like um, Bierstadt in Denver, right? Like we don't only make uh, five or eight traditional style German lagers throughout the year and cleave to that and adhere to that. That's a beautiful thing. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying we don't do specifically that. We're also not the uh, trendiest brewery out there. We don't make a bunch of pastry stouts, uh, pastry sours, uh, uh, you know, uh, candy beers, uh, whatever the latest craze is. We don't focus solely on that. Uh, we embrace the depth and breadth of craft beer as a whole. Uh, we definitely uh, make a lot of lager in the uh, traditional fashion and kind of run the gamut. About 30% of our production volume every year is lagers, which is pretty good if you're not a lager-focused brewery, specifically lager-focused brewery. Now, we make some of the trendy beers. We don't do a lot of pastry stouts. We don't do a lot of uh, pastry sours, but we are. Uh, we do try to experiment and push the front. So, uh, like I said, we kind of have... We have a deep respect for brewing tradition and historical styles. Our owner uh, and head brewer, uh, he is an intense lover of all things German. Um, I uh, come from a Belgian beer background, and I love Belgian beers uh, uh, passionately. I think English beers are great. We make some of those. Uh, we make American styles, and we try to innovate, right? Like I just was telling you about a tequila barrel-aged lager with guava and agave nectar, which is certainly a different type of beer. So um, it really means we like to explore and innovate, but we also like to to continue to make the things that are, are good and have been good for centuries. Yeah. So you guys have, when you visit the brewery, you guys have ample indoor and even more ample outdoor seating. How does that play into you as like a, a destination for someone to come? Oh, um, I mean, I think a lot of things make it so that Confluence is a great place to stop and, and be a destination. If you're coming into Des Moines, we're very close to the airport. So this can be a both, this can be and often is uh, for people traveling both a first stop uh, after getting off the plane, because uh, it's a little five minute drive up from the airport. And it also can be the last stop before you head out to the airport to have a couple of beers. Um, so that definitely is the case. Uh, we get, because of, Ragbri, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ragbri at all, but it's a, a giant yeah, bike yearly bike ride across the state. Um, and uh, uh, it draws a bunch of people, not just from in the state, but out of state. Um, and 
uh, we happen to be situated very nicely on a bike trail. Our, our uh, patio uh, butts right up to the bike trail that runs around Gray's Lake and connects across the city. So we get a lot of bike tourism, a lot of bike, bike traffic, both tourism and people that live in the area. We're within a few minutes of downtown and uh, a craft beer bar that's known kind of internationally, uh, which is a bait shop. Uh, been published in like a variety of magazines so it's a great place that if you stop to El Bait Shop to see the uh, intense selection of beers from around the world that they have uh, we're another great place to to hit up immediately after that and try the local flavor nice and I also know that sustainability is kind of uh, baked into your whole uh, yeah we've pursued there. a green certification we're working on um kind of i think we're at a bronze certification right now we're working on uh increasing that um we definitely are concerned about uh our impact on the environment and what we can do to to lessen that as much as possible uh, and so what are you guys doing specifically uh so uh we do some uh, treatment on our uh downstream uh wastewater um we uh kind of have uh, installed a lot of low energy like bulbs, electrical outlets, those sorts of things. Um, and I'm probably the wrong guy to have on here. We have a, a person that for this particular question, we have a person that heads up the uh, sustainability aspect of it. I know that we're doing something else with our waste, uh, like uh, city waste, and then uh, all of our grain goes, as many breweries do, goes to uh, farmers for spent grain usage. Um, those are the things that I can think of offhand. I'm sure that there's probably several more things. And being that, you know, you guys are in Iowa, um, do you get a lot of your grains and such more locally sourced or? So we have tried that. Um, we actually had a uh, beer called Homegrown Honey Kolsch for a while. And uh, we were pretty proud of that one because it was made entirely from uh, grain that was malted in Iowa. Um, hops that were grown in Iowa, honey that was uh, grown, created, harvested. Harvested is probably the word in Iowa. Yeah. Um, so the beer was entirely Iowan. Unfortunately, um, the hop industry in Iowa has kind of, uh, the agricultural hop industry in Iowa has kind of failed. Uh, people gave it a shot, but the soil here is like really great for some things like corn and soybeans, but it's not so great for hops and it. Uh, they were having a hard time uh, being uh, prof with the amount of yield that they were getting. And then um, as far as grain is concerned, a lot of the stuff that's grown in Iowa is not particularly well suited for malting. The local maltster did try it um, and uh, did not have a lot of great success with it. So unfortunately, no, we don't uh, get to source uh, very many of the ingredients from Iowa itself anymore. Yeah, I know a lot of Iowa corn is uh, ethanol targeted yes it is so. yeah yeah we actually uh iowa corn is great for a lot of things um and i love it when it's sweet corn season uh yeah. but uh when it comes to making beer we have a lager that's entire like it we do a cereal mash on corn to make the base of the lager and um we actually source uh blue corn from new mexico because it, it just does a much better job of uh what we want it to be what we need it to do so and how would you guys say confluence uh is either driving or steering the the iowa brewing 
community, I guess. Uh, I know you're one of the bigger breweries uh, coming out of Iowa. Yeah, so we're, we are like one of the bigger, I think we sit like number four in yearly production volume in the state of Iowa uh, behind a little brewery that people probably have heard of called Toppling Goliath, as well as mm-hmm. Big Grove and uh, Exile. Um, uh, we're also like one of the older uh, breweries. Uh, uh, we're like a few months older than Exile, I think we opened in the same year. Um, and aside from Court Avenue Brewing Company downtown in Des Moines, I think that we're like in that first generation of breweries. So we've been around a while. And I suppose in some ways, just being around is a little bit of a, a factor in, in leading or developing the community. But we also take a strong role in the Iowa Brewers Guild, uh, help, uh, help helping to fund uh, and create um, uh, events like the... Um, the iBest, which is a brewer seminar that's put on where we bring people in to gather all the craft breweries around and, and it's kind of a, uh, an industry workshop, so to speak. Uh, we have a good relationship with a large number of breweries. Uh, I mean, here in Des Moines, we're always uh, collaborating, conversing, uh, borrowing each other's grain, those sorts of things. So, um, you know, we play a kind of passive role, I guess, uh, in that way. But uh um, yeah, also, as I, as I said, we uh, self-distribute and then distribute for a, a large number of craft breweries. In particular, this year, um, the Iowa State Fair, one of the uh, macro distributors decided they didn't want to carry so many craft breweries to the Iowa State Fair. So there were a bunch of them kind of left without a way to get their beer into the fair. And we picked up, uh, like, I think it was an additional, I'll say it was like an additional 20 or 21 breweries that we distributed to the fair every day to make sure that they could get the beer on tap there, which is, uh, is if you're not from Iowa, then uh, you may not know that uh, the Iowa State Fair is kind of a big deal. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> I just started a way for everyone to help the podcast. If you enjoy Thirsty to Explore, please go to our page on coffee.com and there you can buy me a drink. By doing so, you can help us get to visit new breweries and make new friends who we might feature on a future episode of the podcast. Visit ko-fi.com slash thirsty to explore or thirsty to explore.com and look for the buy us a drink button. So I know you guys don't uh, provide food on premises yourselves when you kind of fo- uh promote people to bring thing bring things in or get it ordered in uh do you guys also have food trucks we do uh when weather weather permitting so uh we're now we're in the season where a lot of food trucks shut down for the winter and they're not available uh we we will occasionally still have some in the winter but yes during the spring summer and most of the fall um there's food trucks uh, i would say probably four or five days a week um available and we actually have a a pad for them so we have a big uh beer garden uh in the back of the brewery which looks out on gray's lake park and and uh butts right up to that bike trail i talked about earlier and there's specifically a pad for the trucks to drive around behind the brewery and park right there so it's like right there on the patio so it's essentially equivalent to having a walk-up kitchen that you can you can go to in the summers and you know kind of go along with that uh what kind of entertainment do you guys bring in yeah we do uh live uh music every thursday um we do 
bingo or trivia every Monday. It rotates whether it's bingo or trivia. And that draws like both of those draw quite a crowd, particularly trivia. People love trivia at breweries, I think. Um, those are our big deals. And then we'll hold like we have like a lot of different events throughout the year. Um, uh, Chewbacca Fest is going to be coming up here soon. That's our our big um, winter Bach uh that we brew and won a gold medal at the world beer cup last year for uh in the category the Bach category and um uh so that festival will have star wars movies playing people show up dressed like chewbacca or han solo or or uh imperial troopers stormtroopers or whatever and i mean it's just it's an excuse to get together and have a good time and drink a bunch of beer um so we'll hold a variety of events uh we have like a frozen firkin fest in the winter where we we do like 12 or so adjuncted firkins uh each kind of unique things uh and then people can huddle out in the snow and drink them and it's kind of one of those uh iowa midwesterner things where you're just like oh i've been in the house like all december and january i'm gonna get out even though it's snowy and and stand outside and, and drink some beer and have a good time um we did a Southside cleanup day uh, last year. We have a beer called uh, Southside Citra. We're located on the south side of Des Moines. And then uh, we had an event where we had people down and we walked around and uh, cleaned up trash in like the parks and along the roadways uh, near us. And then all came back to the party for or to the brewery for kind of like a little block party feel and some Southside and that kind of stuff. So um, uh, with a, uh, 100 plus beers we tend to have like you know every every month or so we'll have something themed around one of the beers and uh, a release for it so or a, an event for it um and then we'll always have our anniversary in october uh and last year for our 10th anniversary we kind of had a big blowout where we had three days of live music a big stage uh we released 10 beers for 10 years um and uh so that was a big deal it was a little quieter this year for our 11th but ragbri came through des moines this year so we had live music and a big stage uh for a full day um uh on the day ragbri was in des moines um and that was pretty a bunch of food trucks as well so um it kind of depends there's always live music on thursdays finger or trivia on mondays and then uh if you check our uh, facebook page or our website there's usually there should be an events calendar that kind of shows you all the things that are coming up. And other than the stuff you can actually do at the brewery, and I know you kind of hit on some of these things. Um, I, I like to promote people to, you know, if they're coming into wanting to make a whole week weekend of it and they're hitting up Confluence, what else in the area uh, would you recommend they do? Is there a yeah, restaurant close sure. by? Is there tourism attractions or other things that people wouldn't even know about? Yeah. So Des Moines is definitely not known as a tourist stop. Uh, but I, so I used to work in the bar industry before I became a brewer and uh, worked downtown here in Des Moines. And uh, the thing I would always get from people that were in town, usually for work, was just like, oh, I didn't know Des Moines was like this kind of like a cool little town. I was like, yeah, it's, it's got a lot, of, a lot of stuff for you to do and enjoy yourself. Um, the restaurant scene here is, is really good still, like even after COVID, it's really good. Um, uh, so there are a lot of great restaurants. As I mentioned, El Bait Shop uh, earlier is like kind of an internationally known 
uh, craft beer bar. If you're in Des Moines, you should definitely say, and you like beer, uh, uh, which I assume you do because you're listening to this podcast, then you should uh, definitely check out El Bait Shop uh, when you're in Des Moines. Um, we have, while we don't have any, you know, uh, top level pro league sports, we have plenty of what is essentially triple A sports. So the Iowa Cubs here play, uh, play, you can, you know, I've, I've seen over the years from being a kid all the way up to now, I've seen, you know, uh, Mark Pryor, uh, and Kyle Schwarber and just uh, a ton of, uh, guys that would eventually become big name pros for the Cubs play here. Um, we have the Iowa Wolves who feed, now I'm blanking. I think it's the Wild. No? Yeah, I think it's the Wild. Um, and for hockey, uh, we have, um, or sorry, the Iowa Wolves are, <laughs> the Iowa Wolves are our basketball team. Uh, the Iowa Wild are the hockey team. So uh, wild, wild hockey, uh, the Wolves, I think, feed the Timberwolves. That would make sense, right? I'm not a basketball guy, but I believe that's right, the case. Yeah. Um, so uh, you can see uh, basically near pro-level sports here. And it's a good time. The arena's uh, Wells Fargo. It's not far from the brewery. Um, uh, I always enjoy uh, going out to games. So uh, that's available. Uh, we do have a couple of um, uh, pretty good theater venues uh, for, um, uh, if you like stage productions, uh, the civic center in, in downtown Des Moines, again, about five minutes from Confluence Brewery is a great place to catch a show. I don't go as often as I should, but, uh, they bring in, um, uh, a lot of great stage productions as well as, uh, symphony productions. Uh, and then, um, there was one other thing I was going to say, and I've just blanked on what it was gonna be it's a sports stage oh uh local comedy i actually think that des moines has like kind of a pretty awesome hmm. uh underground comedy scene uh i don't know that we've had a ton of people make it to the big the big the big time you know big name but i don't know how many comics actually do but uh in in my time working in bars as well as working here i just there are a lot of people who that's their day job and then their night job is that they go do stand-up and a lot of them are actually very very good uh there's a couple comedy clubs here there's like the big uh corporate ones like the funny bone and you can certainly check that out if you want to but like teehees um is a local club that's uh, again about five minutes from confluence brewing uh in downtown des moines and uh they always have great acts a lot of times it'll be themed uh, one of our uh, delivery drivers is actually a stand-up comedian and performs nice. there, and he's a pretty funny guy. So, do you ever get the comedians into the brewery to perform? That would be great. Uh, that has not, to my knowledge, happened. Um, that's not my the scheduling of acts is not my <laughs> not my department. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like we should have a comedy night. I don't know why we have it. That's a good idea. Right. Um, so. You know, and if you, if you, if people listen to this podcast, they know they've heard me say one of the ways I feel like someone can really experience a local culture is to share food and drink with them. So that's oh, why I talk to breweries. How would you say Confluence kind of ex- uh, exhibits that? You know, uh, I, I yeah. know there's all the Midwest cliches and the Iowa cliches. Um, is, is that something they would see, or, or would they see the real Des Moines in the brewery? Oh, um, 
Like you mean, will you see? Yeah, I would say that Confluence has a pretty eclectic group. Uh, it depends on what day you're here and uh, what uh, <laughs> what day you're here and what time you're here. Uh, we definitely have uh, some steadfast uh, regulars that they're here every like Tuesday, Thursday, whatever. Those tend to be, and they're here like early. Those tend to be like, um, uh, a lot of them are like on the south side of Des Moines, like we are uh, maybe uh, retired, um, you know, but everything from uh, doctors and lawyers to, uh, you know, uh, pipe fitters and uh, union guys and ex-bartenders and teachers and whatnot. So that's, I mean, that's the joy of beer in general is it's kind of like the great, the great, uh, yeah, social lubricant, I guess, but like really yeah. it's 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 something that everybody enjoys and it brings everybody together. It's the it's the beverage of the people. Unlike wine or craft cocktails, like almost everybody enjoys a good beer. Um, and mm-hmm. so you get a lot of, of different people around. So yeah, we have regulars that represent the gamut. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, sometimes the tap you walk into the tap room when we have like um uh we have like uh a record pop-up basically where uh, every so often uh, they call them vine- vinyl brews and they'll come in and uh, they, you can come in and you can browse through a select a tremendous selection of vinyl records uh, and shop for them and then uh, drink beer and during that like we definitely have like more of what you might expect to see uh, in like a Denver brewery kind of like hippie indie culture type mm-hmm. folks um uh but there are also uh times when we might have the local realty group uh book the tap room up until 5 p.m for a industry meeting and then Mm -hmm. they're all having beers afterwards and it's a totally different crowd so i think you could get a good sample of the flavor of, of people in des moines i think we draw people from all walks here I don't have any other questions for you. Is there anything you want to make sure people know about Confluence before uh, before we part ways? Um, well, I think I mentioned the self distribution because otherwise those guys would uh, would uh, be angry with me. So, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, come down. There's uh, we make so many beers. We put a lot of pa- everybody here has a passion for it. I think that's maybe that's the the thing that I really hope that people understand about confluence i think craft brewing uh you kind of as it's expanded it's like great for the industry and great for everyone who loves beer and the rising tides raises all ships right but also it's attracted a lot of people that maybe are less interested in the beer and more interested in the boom and mm-hmm. um confluence is is literally a business uh entirely are founded by and entirely staffed by people who joined it because they love beer. And I think that you can tell that in the product and the care and the passion that everybody brings to it, whether it's the brewers on the brew house um, making the beer, the people packaging, making sure that the quality is the highest standard, or even the people who are distributing it and they're cleaning the lines on the, the taps around at all of our whatever, 1,100 accounts that we distribute to and, and cleaning those tap lines every two weeks to make sure that the product is always good, checking it for quality and freshness. Um, I think Confluence is exactly what you think all craft breweries should be. 
which is full of passionate folks who really, really love beer. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for for joining me and uh, sharing about Confluence. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for having me. If you enjoy Thirsty to Explore, please be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming service and rate and comment if you're able. This is a great way to stay up to date when new episodes drop and to help other people learn about them as well. The Thirsty to Explore podcast is part of Brewerism.com, where you can search a database of over 11,000 breweries worldwide to help you find your next brewery destination with information submitted by users who have visited before you to help you plan your trip. I'd like to again thank Josh from Confluence for talking with me. Thirsty to Explore is hosted, written, and produced by me, Andy Erickson. If you have any questions, please email me at podcast at thirstytoexplore.com or visit thirstytoexplore.com for more information about the podcast and links to our social media accounts as well as links to Brewerism. Until the next episode, please remember to travel frequently, drink responsibly, and love generously. Thank you for spending time with me.